This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go. It's hour number two of the G-Back Nation on 105.3 The Fan. There has been some breaking NBA news over the last hour and 15 minutes. We'll talk about that and more with our next guest here from ESPN, which will be broadcasting Lakers and Mavs tonight in Los Angeles. It's George Sedano here on 105.3 The Fan. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. We're just, uh, you know, discussing the, the Siakam trade here to the uh, to the Pacers. Is how big of a, a a trade is this? Is it a missed opportunity for the Mavericks? Listen, he's a great player. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, he's probably what a lot of teams could use. You know, a lot of teams could use a guy who's six nine or so, uh, can shoot the ball at a decent clip, and certainly can get to the basket and is an elite defender. So I would say the Mavericks and a number of teams probably missed out. But listen, I think the Mavericks. While anyone could use a Pascal Siakam, I'd like to see what this group looks like first when they can get Maxi Kleba a good sample of games. Because I think that he's kind of the most underrated player that you guys have, particularly when it comes to defense. And I like the combination of him and Lively on the floor together. So I'd like to see what that looks like for a minute before they make a move and, and I say, you know, make these sweeping uh, generalizations as to whether they missed out or not. Uh, if I had to guess, I think all they need is a couple of tweaks, to be frank with you. I'd love to see Dorian Finney-Smith back with the Mavericks, to be honest. And what's this uh, trade market shaping up to look like here as this one maybe touches off some others over the next uh, three, four weeks? I think there's going to be a lot of moves. Um, now, I don't know how many seismic moves we'll have. I don't know if Siakam will be the top of the food chain when it comes to that. There's always some surprises here and there, but... The reality is with the NBA, it's rare now over the last couple of years that you get these kind of Siakam-type moves early. Usually you'll get some smaller ones, and and maybe you'll get something closer to the deadline because really the play-in has kept so many more teams in the fray, basically. So with that said, I think we'll have some movement, but it'll probably be closer to that February deadline. I'm really excited, though, about what is possible over the next three or four years. I, I might have overdone it in the opening segment, George, but I said I, I believe the Mavs are going to win a championship in the next five years just because of how good Kyrie's playing right now with Luka. I, you know, when he came to Dallas, I know that it didn't look good at the beginning, and I kind of looked like an idiot because I was on television saying that I really loved the pairing. And the reason I loved the pairing was, at least offensively, Luka is the closest thing we have to LeBron in regards to the style that he plays. Now, granted, Luka's not as athletic as LeBron was or maybe even is still at this point. But I'm talking about just how you can't speed him up, how he's just like a bull out there, and he can do everything on the basketball floor. Like, he's a virtuoso out there. So because Kyrie had some familiarity playing with LeBron, I thought that he would have a lot of success with Luka, and we've seen that. And I think the Mavs did a much better job this past offseason. I thought Nico did a good job of putting better pieces around them, more 3 and D type players. Adding Lively has been a fantastic move for them. I love that young man personally. I got to meet him at Summer League. I don't know if you guys have actually gotten a chance to chit-chat with him, but what a young man. I mean, he is – forget about what he is on the floor because he's going to be great there, Uh, but just an incredible young man. 
So I love the moves that they made. I just still think, like a lot of teams, they're going to need to tinker a little more because the West, man, it's going to be a heavyweight fight down the stretch to see who comes out of there. I'd like to dive more into that Derek Lively discussion with you because we did. We got to have him on the show after he got drafted for a 19-year-old. My goodness, he was very, very impressive. But when you look at the best rookies in the NBA, everybody stops and talks about Wemby. Derek Lively has been a revelation for the Mavericks. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think that you know he gives Luca that vertical spacer that he that you need. I also think that the pairing with him and Kleba unlocks him a little more defensively because God, at 19 years old, he's only going to be so good in regards to the natural instincts you need to have to play defense at that level in that league with all the greatest players in the world. But I think that he's got the skill set. I don't think there's any question. I think it's just a matter of repetition and. And, and really just getting through the motions and having those opportunities to be coached and learning from his mistakes. But having a guy like Maxi out there, and, and again, I, I think that Maxi, because he's, as I mentioned earlier, kind of that underrated defender, and the Mavs, I'm trying to remember, it was the year they went to the Western Conference Finals and they lost to the Warriors. I was doing that series on ESPN Radio, and the stats we had, I don't remember them off the top of my head, but basically when Maxi was on the floor, their defense was off the charts. Like, it was insane. So I feel like the combination of those two will be helpful. And, you know, if you want to play smaller and Derek is off the floor, I would love, like, an addition, as I mentioned earlier, of bringing back, like, DFS or someone like that that could play, like, a small ball four. And then you have Maxi at the center. It just gives Jason Kidd a lot more options. But I do love Lively, as you mentioned. You guys got a chance to chat with him. He's, you know, an incredible young man. I think the sky's the limit for him as far as being an impact player in this league. You mentioned Finney Smith. I, I see uh, different different names getting thrown out that the Mavs might be interested in, including Andrew Wiggins, PJ Washington. W- would you go Dodo, uh, Dorian Finney Smith, being uh, the top of the list of those three guys? Only because of familiarity, right? And I think he knows and understands his role. P.J. Washington's a good player. I just, gosh, I, you know, he's been playing in, in, for the most part, a losing situation for a long time. And I wonder about guys like that. Not because I don't think that they're necessarily capable of uh, being thrusted into a winning situation over time and finding their footing. I just think it's tough when you're going from a losing situation for multiple years to being thrusted into a team that has championship aspirations and having to play a role. We saw that with Christian Wood with you guys, right? That, that thing was a mess, it, it yeah. felt like. Now, I think is a better player than Christian Wood, so I'm not trying to compare them as players. But that's the kind of point that I'm trying to make. Um, and with Andrew, I mean, they all, they're going to owe him a lot of money, and you're going to be paying him like a third star. Uh, he was capable of doing that for the Warriors the year they won the championship. I just feel like with Andrew, the more I talk to people around the league, there's always been this sense of he's incredibly talented, but does he put in the work in regards to just year-round to doing what he needs to do to maintaining the level he needs to maintain? He was able to kind of shake off some of that when he won the championship with the Warriors and was arguably their second-best player behind Curry. But there's been some slippage. And here's the other thing. I think he's either 28 or 29 right now. And this is the thing that guys around the league have told me. He's got a lot of mileage on him. And at certain points in your career, 
you have to know what it takes to be able to keep your body right year round. You can't just like roll into training camp and get yourself ready to roll because you're just this naturally gifted athlete. So I think he may be getting to that stage and I don't, think that he understands that or grasps it fully, at least based on the conversations that I've had with people. So that scares me a little bit considering the money that uh, he's owed. Whereas a guy like DFS with the familiarity, the contract number, I I just think it's a little more palatable. We're chatting with ESPN NBA reporter George Sedano here as the Mavs visit the Lakers tonight on ESPN and speaking of those Lakers and and Christian Wood is LeBron just not good enough to drive in like an average roster to the playoffs anymore or or what is the state of the Lakers yeah I mean he's 39 years old you know what I mean like if you if you told me these guys were the guys he had to roll into the playoffs with would I take my chances with them when the rotations shorten and guys play heavier minutes I still feel like he could elevate a team i mean heck they were dreadful last year and he got them to the western conference finals along with anthony davis but the strange part to everyone this year was they felt like hey all right they're going to have some continuity from year to year because this group that they have now for the most part outside of a few guys like wood or whatnot and torian prince etc were the guys that went to the western conference finals after they made those trades and they played really well after making those trades but There's a little bit of a difference, I think, when you look at that schedule down the stretch. It was a favorable schedule for them in the regular season, and then they got really good matchups for them in the playoffs. And we all know that the adage of styles make fights, and when they got the Warriors and they got Memphis, those were two really beneficial matchups for them. One, because the Grizzlies had nobody to guard LeBron, And with the Warriors, they had nobody to guard Anthony Davis. Then they got up against, you know, Jokic and those guys, and they got mauled, basically. Uh, So I think that maybe some of that was a little bit of a flash in the pan. And they're also dealing with a lot of injuries. There's some issues in regards to rotations. I mean, they haven't had any stability in regards to guys being in and out of the lineup or their places in the rotation or the lineup. And it's 40-some-odd games in. So I think that's really been their biggest issue, and I think that's probably a point of frustration for everybody in that particular locker room. George, are are you more surprised by Minnesota or Oklahoma City, the success they've had in the West so far? Oh, no question it's Minnesota. I knew Oklahoma City was coming. Like, I had them last year, so I called. um, I did play-by-play on ESPN Radio for their play-in game last year against New Orleans, and that was the first time I got to see them up close. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I'd been watching them. They're this league pass darling everybody was watching last year because you could see the evolution of Shea Gilgis Alexander and all these guys that they drafted. And now you add Holmgren into the mix. I was like, oh, they're, they're definitely going to take that next step. I, I felt fairly confident they'd be a top four or five team in the Western Conference. And look, they have growing pains. We've seen them in L.A. stumble twice against more veteran teams. I don't think they're necessarily going to come out of the West by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that they're ready to take that next step and be a team that, with the right matchup, could win a first-round series, and and who knows beyond that. But Minnesota, there was no way in the world you were going to convince me that that Rudy Gobert thing was going to work with Carl Anthony Towns. I watched that thing last year, and I was like, no chance. So I had them earlier in the year. Interestingly enough, uh, it was against San Antonio, so I got to see Wemby up close for the first time. And that was back in early December. And I got a chance to talk to Chris Finch, their head coach, and I said – 
you know, Rudy's playing great. Like, how is it that you guys have kind of made this thing work? And he really said it was more about the defensive end with him because if you know how he was used in Utah, he was a guy that basically they funneled everything defensively to him in the middle, and that's why you know he blocked all these shots and he's this incredible presence in the middle of the paint. And the thing that people were most critical about when it came to him was, well, in the playoffs, you can just call him up on a switch. If he has to guard in the perimeter, he doesn't know what to do and he's in trouble, and he gets played off the floor. All things were true, by the way. But what they did was, last year, they, they tried to run the Utah scheme, and they just didn't have the personnel to do that. And this year, going into training camp, Chris Finch said to him, hey, man, I know you've been criticized for this stuff about having to switch and guard on the perimeter, but we're going to play a more traditional defense because with your length and athleticism, you should be able to play that. We just have to drill it enough to where it's instinctual to you. And they did. And look, man, to his credit, he's making it work. So I think that's really been the big difference. And then the obvious ascension of the torch being passed to Anthony Edwards, that this is his team. Now, Carl Anthony Towns is a secondary player on this team. Anthony Edwards is the best player on this squad. And it's, there's no questions to that. George, did the Phoenix Suns ruin the live animal halftime show for the rest of the league <laughs> after the dog urinated on the hardwood last night? Hey, man. Dog's going to go dog. That's what I say. Okay, that's your fault for having that out there. You, you knew that was going to be a, a, a part of the deal. Listen, it's yeah. like when you have those baby races. If one of those diapers falls off, who the hell knows what's going to come out of there? So you have a puppy, you Ooh. have babies out there, crazy things can happen. Ooh. George, I think you're, we, uh, we lost good contact with your phone right there at the end, but we're due for a break, sir. So thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to your continuing coverage of the NBA. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. George, Sorry about the phone. No, you're good. George Sedano, ESPN. Uh, nice enough to join us. I like that Dorian Finney-Smith thing you threw out. I wanted to circle back around there and ask about it until until he got hit with the uh, yeah. MP, it sounded like. Electromagnetic pulse. Look, right I mean, if you can't get Siakam, <laughs> I think that, yeah, absolutely. Dorian Finney-Smith and a welcome return there. I mean, we saw, I think it was a week ago, they wanted two first-round picks. They're not going to get no. that. That's a pipe dream. No. Uh, so hopefully nobody else overpays, which I don't think they will. But I'd love to get DFS back. Everybody loved him within the Mavericks locker room. Yeah, yeah, he was, and, you know, he was a part of a winning formula. I thought at the time they had too many players that lacked a full skill set, and Dorian Finney-Smith was just one of a group of guys that couldn't like dribble and pass well enough. But boy, now that you have Luca and Kyrie together and some other skilled players, a skilled big man and lively, I can put that 3 and D guy in the corner and be very happy with it. Yes, and he's got a much more palatable contract than, say, an Andrew Wiggins. Yes, yes, sir.